I'm ready, Vic. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Vic Muscat's Evolution Podcast, and this is your main event of the evening. Brought to you by Village Bakes. Want quality that is better than a grocery store? Check out Village Bakes in Southern Vermont. Heather is the owner, and she will give you first-class service like she always does with everyone else. And now the moment we've been waiting for. I am Vic Muscat. With me is my special co-host of the evening, Mr. Jason Scott. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. And now it is time to pat ourselves on the back. Because in my opinion, this guy is a WWF legend. He is a staple, at least for my growing up when I was a kid watching wrestling. And Mr. Technical himself, Barry Horowitz. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing excellent, Vic, Jason, Heather. I am friggin' pumped for this show. I am pumped for the logo. I'm pumped for your hat. I'm pumped for me. I'm all jacked up and I don't know where to go. You're the first wrestler that gave my wife a shout out. So it's, I appreciate that. Not a problem. So Jason, would you like to start everything off? Sure, absolutely. Uh, first off, I'm going to say, um, I don't know if you've heard this or not, if other fans have uh, mentioned this to you, but I am a Barry Horowitz Mark. Sorry. Wow. Got to say it. That's Always okay. have been. That's okay. So, I appreciate it. <laughs> so, I appreciate I mean, it. I mean, you, you got to think about it. You have been probably spent more time on television uh, back in the late eighties, early nineties than anybody. You, <laughs> uh, Steve Lombardi and maybe Iron Mike Sharp. So, but yeah, it seemed like every other match you were involved in some way, somehow, whether it was a singles or a tag. You know, I, I got to say something why it's on my mind and fresh. You know, back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, these interviews weren't as prevalent. Kayfabe right. wasn't broken. But now that it is, and you have your, I'm not going to call smart marks. I'm going to call smartened up fans that respect the business. I have gotten so much praise and admiration and I'm not a legend in my mind or I don't believe my own publicity, but where there's smoke, there's fire, telephone, telegraph, telewrestler, when more than, if you've got a hundred fans or real good fans and 95 of them say your statement, Jason, it must be true, but it's funny that I get more respect from the podcasters, the interviewers, than my peers or the so-called superstars and the so-called owners of their superstar establishment, if you will, um, organizations. And I'm being sarcastic in a right. in a belligerent way. So thank you yeah. so much, Jason. No uh, problem. I mean, that statement's right up there with about my wrestling, about the Hall of Fame about all the uh, ha-ha and gaga and Lady Gaga and nonsense you want to hear, as Chief J. Strongbow would say. Um, so you were, you were originally born in St. Petersburg, correct? Right. St. Petersburg, okay. Florida. Mm -hmm. Do you, 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 you still reside there? No, I'm residing in Tampa. Uh, I still miss St. Pete. I mean, that's where... That's where I actually started amateur wrestling, the youth center, uh, yeah. elementary school. I graduated from there. I went on to FSU. Um, yeah, St. Pete is a, uh, 
it's always uh it's my um it's very near and dear to my heart because that's that's where my humble beginnings began mm-hmm. and where then did... the rest oh, of them ahead. finished in Ta- the rest of them finished in tampa okay uh and what uh, what did you study at florida state I started uh, sports, excuse me, I studied sports nutrition. Is that where you got into wrestling or is, was that an earlier time? No, actually, I went on to wrestle for FSU. Um, I didn't do great there. Uh, uh, I was a better high school wrestler. Uh, uh, college was more challenging, but it was a way to, to hone my craft a little bit more in the amateur ranks and also take up sports nutrition and also pursue my dream of professional wrestling. So I only stayed there a year. I did not graduate. I had a choice. I could not afford it. And really I had the choice to train pro wrestling. I don't know if I stayed there four more years, I would have went another path. I'm grateful for this path though. So now I know uh, Boris Malenko trained you. How did you, how did you get involved with him? Okay. First of all, when I say, I used to say that too, Boris Malenko, but I'm going to emphasize this and not to correct you, the Malenkos. Malenkos. Yes. Boris and his two boys. That's who trained me along with Carl Gotch. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what happened basically is it was hard to get into professional wrestling. There was you know, people are beating you up or stretching you, trying to break your leg. It was a, you know, a, a close, it was a close knit um, cult, if you will. And uh, I couldn't get anywhere. And I met a um, through a friend of a friend, an entrepreneur, businessman, uh, very wealthy, very uh, connected with Tampa businessmen. And he knew Malenko. So he basically got me like an interview, if you will, okay. again. And I showed up at Ed Malley's judo school. If you look up Ed Malley, he's a world champion judo practitioner. I was at a school that was a little bit run down in a room that was probably, I don't know, the size of a two bedrooms of a house maybe. And there was maybe 10 guys signed up in there. And basically for six months, I was taking bumps, slams, suplexes from Jody, from Joe Malenko and Dean Malenko. I call them Jody and Shelly. That's their real name. And Boris Malenko on judo mats. If that don't toughen you up, nothing will. <laughs> and then we progressed to the, uh, a mattress factory that had a mm-hmm. uh, 18-foot ring and a 16-foot ring. It's about 104. Kill that dog. Anyway, <laughs> she, I'm just joking. She's, she's, she's vicious. I love dogs. <laughs> I got 30 cats, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> that's a shoot. Um, yeah, 104 in the summer, about 40 degrees in the winter, had a bathroom, had a couple of fans. But basically, I was there three nights a week, three hours a day after a part-time job lifting. I definitely paid my dues, and I'm grateful for that because of the next best thing to that is breaking in in Japan for a year. If everybody in the wrestling business would do it the way I did it or the Japan way, you wouldn't have prima donnas. You wouldn't have guys that think they're super shooters. You know, you wouldn't worry about your win-loss record if you were. You know, maybe you should give your notice and ask Dana White for a job at UFC and get your ass beat in 20 seconds by Brock Lesnar. (laughs) 
Then you'll wish you were back in the pro rec in the wrestling ring instead of right. worrying about your win loss record. And this is nothing against CM Punk, but to, for him to go to UFC well, and lo- lose every one of his fights. Well, I didn't want to go there because I, I really I know of the gentleman, but I don't know him personally. So I'm not going to bury that. And I know it's a hard craft and it's a no, hard yes. road. So, I mean, there's other guys too. I don't, I don't think, uh, I think the only one that really did well was, um, was um, Brock. And I don't think Lashley did well either. He won a few fights. I don't he think did he, I don't, okay. he did. Yeah. He won a few. Right. Okay. But Brock's the man. Yes. And the ultimate man is Kurt Angle. Agreed. Come on now. Olympic gold medalist, broken neck. No, well, what did they call him? What did they call him in TNA? The, the cyborg. That's what they call. Oh, him. that's a good name. That's a good name because anybody that did what he did and adapted from an Olympic gold medalist to a pro wrestler in one year, I give mm-hmm. big pat on the back, big props, big everything. I mean, he's the man. That's a shoot. Yes. And if you don't think so, then that's like saying Tom Brady's not the goat. You're friggin' ignorant. I, I am I am not a Brady fan. I am not a Patriots fan. But but I will give the devil his due. He has earned those seven rings. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's I double it. that. I triple that. When no. you you when you can when you have a whole new team around you, it seems like every year you have a whole new team around you. You got to learn a whole new offense, and still be able to win like he does. You, you can't deny it. You can't deny That's it. That's true. That's without a doubt. That's without a doubt. Um, I'll go ahead, Vic. I wasn't a Brady believer, but being the GOAT, because I've always been a big Joe Montana fan. But mm-hmm. after the last Super Bowl, different team, different everything he want, right there. It, 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 he is. He is. Without a doubt. There's not even a conversation about it. The man is, in my eyes, flawless. His work ethic, his mindset his training, his nutrition, everything about him personifies what he is. And I, I, and I'm not just saying this, but I try to live my life that way. Not because of Brady. I've always been this way as far as, um, I mean, today, I mean, I, I just got back from the gym a half hour ago. I train six days a week. I'm on my diet at least five, six days a week. Uh, I'm, I'm training more and bigger now than when I was in the ring because I stayed at 215, 220. And remember now, I couldn't train like I am now when you're on the road. I mean, you're on the road, you're busy with your matches, you got pay-per-views, you got interviews, you got rental cars, you got the gym, you got the traveling. I mean, you can't do it. And I can't be late. I'm not a soup, you know, I'm not up there in the main event uh, uh, circle where you can be late or you're excused, which is no problem. I understand that. But now that the reins are off, the contract isn't here. You know, Barry Horowitz is probably my biggest ever. I'm 235 pounds. So, uh, yeah, that's that. <laughs> um, I was always curious, how did you get into the WWE? Did you start off in New Japan? Like, how did nope. you- the start? No, I, uh, I actually started, I started in... I started in uh, independent wrestling in Florida. Okay. And then I went, I, I, I actually, Malenko gave us a sheet before. It was almost like your graduation thing, who to contact. And 
for some reason, I don't know what made me do it, but I got in the car and I moved up north and I lived in a beach house in Belmar, New Jersey. And I'll never forget it. I went to a phone booth, an actual phone booth and called up Gorilla Monsoon at his house. Now, I don't know if he answered or somebody did, but back in the day, that's it worked. You, it won't work that way this time, uh, this, this day and age. And I basically told him, I said, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. And here I am, he's a veteran and I'm like 21 years old and I think I'm pulling one over. Well, how long you been working, Barry? Uh, two years, sir. Well, show up at Allentown. I showed up at Allentown, Pennsylvania for TV. It was every three weeks, Allentown, then Hamburg, the next night, Wednesday, every three weeks. In two days, I would probably wrestle anywhere from six to eight times with the likes of Bob Orton Jr., Don Morocco, Mr. Fuji, Saito, Snuka, the, the Samoans, you name it, they were there. And um, I, I did that for about a year, and I went to Vince Sr., and I said, Vince, I'm doing TV. This is my dream. I, I need to get – I built my foundation. I need to get polished. So I was supposed to go to Portland, Oregon via Jimmy Snuka, but instead, it was filled up, and they sent me to Crockett Promotions, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. That was the best move of my life. I was there for two years. I was wrestling six nights a week. I'm in the car with Rufus R. Jones, Jimmy Wo Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. Uh, Tommy Young was the ref, and Sonny Fargo. I would drive with these guys. I'd stay for every match, watch every match. It was nothing but training and wrestling and watching wrestling. That's all I did for two years. Once a month, we'd get on a plane and go to Toronto to Make Believe Gardens. And uh, I was at the first Starcade in 83. That was pretty cool at the Greensboro Coliseum uh, in North Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, finally, my, my so-called run was up and I got um, a run. Well, I got... I got a way of going back home to Florida to wrestle, which is rare that the Florida guys get to wrestle, you know, like Brian Blair, Steve Kern, people that were from there get a push and whatever. There's few and far in between. So I went there through Jay Youngblood. Dutch Mantel was the booker. I guess they mm -hmm. liked me. They did some kind of gimmick as Jack Hart because I went from Barry Hart to Jack Hart. And uh, they changed my name. Mike Graham was there. Wahoo was there. Michael P.S. Hayes was there and uh, I was there about two years and they gave me a push and I defeated Mike Graham in his hometown for the Florida heavyweight title. I mean, that was big. That was huge. And Back in those days, yes. Yes, yes. And uh, I was at the first battle of the belts and um, yeah, they really treated me good there. Uh, the Grahams, Brian Blair, Steve Kern, uh, Cuban Assassin, Fonzie, I mean, everybody that was there, uh, Pat Tanaka, I really, um, I, I got more polished there because you're going to different territories. You're learning different things. I learned a lot from Adrian Street. I worked an angle with him. I learned a lot from uh, Sir Oliver Humperdinck, Percy Pringle, as far as management, talking, promos, whatnot. And Gordon Soley, what a prince. I mean, helped me out a lot. Um, I was so grateful. I just kept my mouth shut and and just listened and trained and did the best I could. 
I saw your resume of titles that you've won, and it's extremely impressive. Makes me wonder why the WWF kept on having you lose all the time. Well, the okay, the only way I could answer that, and it's recently, um, <laughs> I've heard this from one other person, but Jim Coronet said it really good on a podcast, and it was sent to me via email. And this is a weird statement that he said, but it makes sense. Somebody asked what you asked, Vic, and he said, well, listen, I was there when Barry Horowitz was there. The guy was on time. He was in shape. He was more than just your average guy to, to, uh, for, to beat or whatever. This guy could get, I could put over Undertaker in two minutes, but then next night I can go Bret Hart on TV with, for 15 minutes. No, okay. So what I'm saying is not everybody has, you could do both of those. So it was appointed to me. And if that's part of my dream and part of keeping me employed, you know, you could take it or leave it. There'll be somebody else, but I proved myself. I got to push off of it. Um, the way Coronet said, he says he didn't fail a drug test. He didn't do this. He, he says, basically Barry Horowitz was almost too good. So he was too good. They, they wanted to leave him there for that. They need somebody like me. They're called carpenters. And then eventually I did get a push. But if you notice some enhancement guys, some of you could tell, you, you could tell the, the, the ring attire, how they look, their, their facial expressions, the body language, nothing against these guys, but they're there for that. They got a regular job and they don't care. They just want to tell their friends they did TV for Vince and they did it once a month or whatever. I'm right. not there for that. I was there for a career to advance myself. Did it pan out the way I wanted to? Not exactly. But if you're doing everything right, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, well, you tried your hardest. Now, if you did the opposite of what I did, not trained, show up wrong, fights, get in trouble with the law, break rules in the locker room, just totally a screw up. Well, then I deserve that. But in the wrestling business, sometimes that doesn't make sense either. I've seen screw ups stay longer to me and get a better push to me. Yeah, but, you know, but, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that's called. Is it, is it who, you know, who you blow? I don't know. Yeah. But like, you have someone like me who like, you know, remembers watching you growing up and I'm still embarrassed that when you called to confirm the appointment, I didn't know it was you and I act like a schoolgirl. Like, holy shit, it's Barry Horowitz. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that one. I appreciate that. I mean, I've, uh, I don't look at it. I mean, I, I don't look at it that way. I don't bring my gimmick home. And right. a lot of old school, they say, oh, you got to work the gimmick totally. Well, a true artist doesn't. I mean, let's just switch. Let's just switch um, lanes here, real quick. Um, excuse me. Uh, and I'll, I'll use two examples. Um, let's just say uh, DiCaprio or Tom Cruise. Uh, when they go home, they don't really think they're in Mission Impossible. He doesn't think he's the Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. So right. that what I'm saying is, when I get to that building and I get inside the squared circle, I'm Mr. Technical Barry Harlins. When I get at home. I'm training. I'm with my family. I don't think I'm king shit on Turd Island. I don't do that stuff. I, I'm not. I'm not a mark for myself. Okay, but when it comes to honing your craft properly, you do it in a building in a squared circle. 
You do it in your promos. You don't have to do it at the grocery store. You don't have to do it at Walmart. You don't have to do it at the mall. You don't have to do it for your neighbors or your family. You'll get a lot. You'll get, you'll get, you'll get along in life better. It's almost like my famous saying, you know, you're, you're worried about yourself, getting yourself over in the ring and this and this. Here's a, here's a real quick secret. And some of the veterans don't even know, but I think they'll agree with me that are super veterans that more than me get the match over. I don't mean get the match over and get back to your house or get back to the locker room. Get the match over. That means get yourself over to the referee, the people, your opponent. If you do all that and not worry about your ego and get the match over, you'll have more fun. You'll have a better match. And probably nobody's going to get seriously hurt. I mean, there's going to be bumps and bruises. Like Dr. Death, we, Steve Williams told me when I uh, went to all Japan, hey, wrestling ain't ballet, brother. Otherwise, everybody would be a pro wrestler making money. Come on. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Speaking of ballet, uh, <laughs> what are your what are your thoughts on uh, today's product? I'll 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 say AEW specifically. Um, I like I like AEW because they're doing much more wrestling. Um, the announcing team is by far flawless. It's the best in the world. Okay. I love that. I don't like hearing a guy call a, a sunset flip a small package on the other channel because he's a dumbass <laughs> and doesn't know a wrist lock from a wristwatch. Okay. As far as the, the, the all elite, the only thing, I mean, as far as me, you know, I'm pursuing a training uh, position um, it's very clickish, which that's how wrestling works. Yeah. It's who you know. I wrestled with you back in the Fed, and I'm going to hook you up. See, I like the way Jerry Jarrett treated me and Otto once. They don't give a fuck who you are. This guy's in shape. He knows how to wrestle. He's nobody's son. He's no click. He shows up on time. I don't give a shit. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. So have you go have ahead. you uh, have you reached out to the uh, to the NWA at all? Uh, I reached out to them. I, maybe I didn't get you know sometimes you you don't get to the powers to be because again, sometimes it's misconstrued or think about what I'm about to say. I don't want this guy, uh, Barry Horowitz. I don't want him taking my spot mm-hmm. now. Will I take your spot? Yes. Not on purpose. I'm sorry I show up on time. and I By doing your link. job. I'm doing my job. And like Bill Belichick said, do your job. I'm, I'm, I'm showing up. I'm doing the Malenko way. I'm not trying to outshine you. I just want to add flavor to the stew. I don't want to be the head trainer. I don't want, hey, I can work once or twice a week, whatever you want. I want to improve the product so we all make money. Again, get the match over. NWA. I don't think they work enough for me. I was I was hearing, maybe I heard bad in, uh, intel, but I heard they do like five tapings a year, including a pay-per-view. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could do it part-time, um, but again, I don't think the powers to be are letting these people know this. And, um, you know, I, I don't like to call out people, but sometimes I'm sitting at home, Jason, 
and I'm seeing people in the back that I've trained or had their tryout match. And I'm going, wait a minute, you're there and I'm at home and you're probably making six figures a year or damn close. Mm -hmm. How come I can't have a piece of the pie? Now, if I wasn't in shape, if I didn't look the way I did, if I didn't do a lot of things, then it's different. But half of these guys are not in my shape. They're not. Um, I like some of these guys, but um, I I don't know if this is right or not, but I'll use this name, Steve Carino. Okay. (laughs) The only thing I know about him is he used to be a skinny guy and put over Dusty and do blade jobs. He did. Okay. Now you're in the production or you're, you're a producer. You just, I'm not hearing about producer. Everybody's a producer there, by the way. Or, writer. Or, or, an ex- or an executive vice president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not jealous or nothing. I'm not, I'm not trying to be better, but why can't I have a piece of that? And I'm going to tell you what. You know the right people, even if you're a piece of shit and you're in the right circle and you know somebody, you're getting hired. I mean, I'm not going to mention names because some things I do, some things I don't, some things I don't want to put people over. But when you're at the Fed, WWF, WWE, whatever you want to call it, and you get a 30-year run either as a gopher, a stooge, a referee, something, dude, you're a millionaire unless you blew your money because – Normally, they take care of a lot of things, your rental car and whatnot. And if you're gone, you shouldn't complain. 30 years? Are you shitting me? I mean, there's right. people that have, didn't do jobs like that in factories or IBM. So, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a complex thing, and I'll never understand it. But, and I mean this, too, from, from the beginning of my career to right this minute, I'm never giving up. I still got a leg to stand on. It's just that I'm a carpenter or I'm a builder with a box of brand new tools and I'm not allowed to fucking use them. I don't like that. It's not cool. It's not cool. No, I agree. You you work hard. You do everything. You know, I can look at myself in the mirror and I I, I could just say I, I did everything right and this, that. A lot of guys... Dude, you don't need to look in the mirror. You didn't do shit to earn what you got. And it's not jealousy. It's not griping. It's legitimate shoot bitching. I agree. I agree. That's it. I'm done with my rant. <laughs> well, I, personally, I'd lo- love to see you in some capacity, whether it's on camera or behind the scenes. Uh, I recently went to the the latest uh, NWA tapings up in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Um, I was there for the the pay per view, and th- they did it in three days. They did cool. a couple months worth of television plus their pay per view. So it was a great environment, great setting. Everybody was was very courteous up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, would love to see you involved in that in some way uh, or AEW. Uh Excuse me for one minute, Jason. I wanted to get back to AEW. I love their wrestling. Now, if I'm in the back, this is what I'm critiquing. This is just me as a a trainer or an agent. But maybe I'm not allowed to say this because the powers to be want me to keep my mouth shut. If I'm watching and they ask me to critique, this is the only thing. First of all, first and foremost, too much outside. 
Okay, all the shit is done in the ring. The only people that see outside is TV and the ringside people. The cheap seats can't see that. When you do that every match, you're spoiling the people. Because now, if you don't do it, they're going to be pissed. Right. Okay. I got a problem with that. I got a problem with death-defying finishes, spike pile drivers off the top, uh, super kicks to the face 20 times, and then you beat the guy with a backslide. What? (laughs) That's called ass-backwards psychology. Now, as far as anything else, um, the only other... That's my that's my main things. Um, there's some things that need to be tuned up. I gotta say, if there's 90 workers there, let's just, let's say if there's 100 workers there, in my eyes, there's 98 that are good workers. There's only like two percent. I mean, they work their ass off, and it, it's yes, awesome. they do. The only thing, one other thing, I don't like. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's an old school term. In the ring, it's called one-two. Okay, no. this is what one-two means. If I'm locked up there with, um, if I'm locked up there with Kurt Angle, and I call one-two, this is how it how it goes down. One-two is consistent of a punch, a forearm, a chop, a slap. Forearm, you take it. I take it. It's called one-two, one-two, one-two. Okay, got it. Watch it. The production. Watch it this week. Every other match does it. It means nothing. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. It's, oh it God. seems like it seems like it's done in a in a way to to get the crowd reaction. Because if you hear the crowd, yeah, they're they're doing it with them. They're going, yay, boo. Well, right, but here's the deal: they don't work us, we work them. And I know you're trying to please them and stuff, especially with the chops. And the woo and all that. And and really, when it comes to chops, in my eyes, I don't do them because I don't do them well. I don't want to perfect them. A chop can't break an egg. A good European uppercut, a form, a headbutt, a good elbow is vicious if it's sold right. So you got the chops. Who's the best? Okay. Flair, Valentine, Snooka, Steamboat, Youngblood, Wahoo. Stop. It's enough. <laughs> it's enough. The chop after chop after chop, and uh, some other guys have did it too. But um, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan. I am a fan when when Steamboat or Snooker does it off a leapfrog. Wahoo! He personifies it. Uh, the Native American gimmick and uh, Flair, of course, the innovator, and he does them perfect. But uh, that's all. That's just my that, that's my opinion. I'm not knocking it. I would just tweak that situation. That's all. But otherwise, uh, all elite, the, the rings, the referees, uh, really cool. I would love to be a part of it. Um, it's funny. I, I think Jerry Lynn is there. I worked with him he in is. Global for the light heavyweight title. Billy Gunn is there. I had his tryout match in White Plains, New York, me and Reno Riggins with him and uh, uh, Bart Gunn. Going so, back to Jerry Lynn. Yes. You beat you beat him for the GWF light heavyweight title. Yep. I remember Jerry Lynn that. is a uh, good technical wrestler. He's a good guy. He's from Minnesota. Uh, again, he, he's a type of guy like a um, 
like a Skip or an Owen Hart or Tommy Wildfire, Rich, Brad Armstrong, Scott Armstrong. These are the people, I, Tom Zink, that I liked working with. Hey, Barry, you call it, you're the heel. They're not worried about ego and their win-loss record. Because let me tell you something. <laughs> you lose on Thursday night, nobody remembers it Friday night. They don't remember. And when you go to the bank, they don't say if you win or loss. They say, how much you want to deposit, Barry? <laughs> so fucking wake up, folks. Quit being a mark for yourself. You'll get better off. You'll, your work will be better because you'll, you'll work on your work instead of your ego. I have Great. To, I just have to ask, what's your opinion about the WWE today? Um, whew. Um, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge it because of the COVID. I didn't like the way, you know, you can't do that. But as far as them putting asses in the seats and doing things, um, I don't know. Um, they've really upped the girls division quite well. It's a pretty cool idea. Um, as far as tag teams, all elite, hands down. Tag team city. Unbelievable. I mean, phenomenal. Um, uh, Vince has got like a, a monopoly or a, a, a death grip on the Samoan wrestlers. He always has. And guess what? 98, 99% of them, they're all friggin' good. I love the Samoans. I know Afa and Sika. I know their sons, their cousins, their brothers. I know everybody, almost everybody that's involved in them. And they're, uh, they're really good people. And they work their ass off. And they don't like people that don't work their ass off. You know, kind of like the guys that run to the ring with face paint and shake the top rope and, uh, you know, just basically do clotheslines and cover you with a floppy <laughs> uh, whatever uh, splash and, and bitch about Hulk Hogan and, uh, and come off like you're an alien from on your promos. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got no use for people like that. Don't mean to talk about the dead, but sorry. Uh, I hate it. I hate it. It's not good. When I think... When I think of guys with face paint, this is what I think of. Road Warriors. Yes. Demolition. Yes. yes. Sting. Am I missing somebody? Maybe Kabuki. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that, that's about it. I don't think of and can't work. When the music stops, so does his match. I, and I wanted to ask you about him. Um, Why? Could, well, just... <laughs> For the, for the simple fact, just as I saw you wrestle him many, many times. Sure you did. Did he ever hurt you? No. Um, no, actually, uh, no. Um, no, he did not. Um, I knew how to you know, work with him and adjust myself. Kind of like adjusting myself for that clothesline that Stan Hansen gives. Oh, the lariat. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> So uh, anyway, um, no, never, no, never, never hurt me. Um, I did see him. I mean, I'm sure he's hurt other guys, but uh, one product, one night I do remember at TV, he's a good friend of mine. His name is Brian Costello and he wrestled for WWF. Uh, he, he ran, he runs a hell of a show in South Bend, Indiana for the last 20 years. I have, I was fortunate to be on a couple of them and the inaugural one, the first one. And then the last one, which was about two years ago before he, he um, closed shop and he's a great guy. And I'll never forget this. I forgot where it was, maybe somewhere in Indiana. 
but he got clothesline in the face. And I think he was bleeding. I think he may have been semi-knocked mm. out. He comes back and he lays down on the floor and he's by those big boxes. You know, you've seen those boxes. They're, they're on wheels. They got equipment. They got costumes. Right. You know, uh, you see him uh, in Hollywood too, but everybody's got him country music. Everybody's got those, whatever you call them. And Tony Gurria is asking him if he's all right. And I'm looking from afar. It's none of my business, but I'm watching. And I watched a warrior walk by, look down and shake his head like he was a piece of crap and kept on walking. Didn't check how he was or nothing. That's what happens when you smarten up a bodybuilder and too much too soon. That's what happens. Try that shit in Japan and see what happens. No, he'd have never made it to Japan. Shit, no. They'd have sent him back the next day and stretched him about 50 times. Which he could have used. Yes. I just got to ask, who are some of the biggest assholes you've ever met in your career? <laughs> Here we go. Wow. Well, well he already yeah, named yeah, one. that much time? <laughs> no, uh, there's a few. Uh, you know, I, I, I have this famous list. I don't know if I thought of it. And believe me, I did not copy from Jericho. I've been talking about my list for years. I, I know... Uh, I know Del Wilkes loved my list, and uh, a lot of guys I know, they know about my list. It's, it, can, it goes like this, guys. A is, I can't stand you and I hate you. B is, I don't like you. And then C is, you're harmless, and I just, you know, I just consider the source. So that's how that works. Um, yeah, there's, there's many on that A list. There's a good 10 that I fucking despise and hate and will never relinquish to hold. I know you shouldn't hold a grudge, but when you fuck around with me or shit like that, you know, because you got to understand, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm Kurt Angle. I'm not Rick Steiner. I'm not Scott Steiner. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, a lot of these guys, but I'm going to defend myself. And what's going to happen is it's the pecking order. So let's say I take somebody down. Let's say I punch them out. I'm fired. You know how that works. Yeah. Now, if you're somebody else, if you're Bret Hart, nothing against Bret, and you punch somebody out or do this, you know, you're figured in and whatnot. But rightfully so. I'm just using Bret as an example, not in a, in a, a jab or right. uh, anything right. like that. Because there's utmost respect for the whole Hart family, especially Bret Noen. Uh, the brothers are awesome. The whole family's awesome. Stu is great. I like the way he broke guys in in the dungeon, the Calgary way. I mean, he was friends with Malenko. These guys are all in their little shooters clique. You know, Luthez, Malenko, right. Carl Gotch, Jody Malenko. These, these guys are legit submission artists. They will fuck you up bad. That's a fact. Did you ever have the, uh, the privilege of wrestling in Calgary uh, under, under them or? No, I did not. There was, uh, cause I was trained by Malenko. Right. So, uh, no, I, I've heard some awful screams from that dungeon though. <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal, but I did meet Stu Hart a couple times. And I think there was a respect thing there because I think Brett, no one told him my background, who I was trained by, you know, they're not gonna, uh, I remember one time, uh, I think it was Warlord, Terry Zabinski. And I love Terry. He's a good guy. He really is. I got nothing against him. And he's from Minnesota. 
And the mm-hmm. man, you know, trains his ass off and stuff. Not a great wrestler, but still, he, he's a good guy and he means well. He, he, he knows his role and I respect that. And I remember somebody said, hey, hey, uh, Terry, why don't you go say hello to Stu? Shake his hand. He says, look that. I ain't getting my hand broken. <laughs> it's like shaking hands with Danny Hodge. Freaking crush it. I met Luthez one time in my whole career on an indie show in Winter Park, Florida, which I think he lived there. He's passed now. And it was such a great honor to meet him. And I met him and I shook his hand. And believe me, I was on guard. I said, oh, God, please don't crush my hand. He's, he's going to stretch it. His hand was like an eagle claw. You know, those shooters have messed up hands. Yeah. And uh, But there was utmost respect for both ways. And it was just mutual, and, and it was quick, and I'm glad he didn't break my hand. <laughs> Which he probably still could have in his old age. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Luthez is an icon. Heck yeah. So, yes, yes, yes. I'm just curious, out of your own career, has anything like – embarrassing happening like a wardrobe malfunction or (laughs) um yes two things i could that i can remember one was i was barry hart my first year for vince and they would give me house shows uh uh here and there and that was kind of cool more money i'm traveling i think i was i forgot who i was driving what was the capital center in, in DC. Yeah, yeah. And I was on first match with Jose Estrada, which, by the way, Jose Estrada, um, uh, um, Jose Estrada, Johnny Rods, and um, uh, Jose Luis Rivera, aka, um, aka the gimmick with the gold suits, um, Conquistadors. Conquistadors, thank you, Jason. <laughs> but anyway, great guys, good workers, respect, respect, respect. I mean, so I'm Barry Hart, come out with the red and white jacket with the big heart on the back. Right. And um, I got in a ring and I go to take off my ring jacket. I left my watch on. I was so, I guess, nervous. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Dick Worley... What a great ref. I think he used to be a boxer or a boxing ref, but he was a tough son of a gun. Hey, hey, hey Horowitz, your watch is on. I, <laughs> I, I clipped it off and gave it to him. I just, I don't know if people saw that. I don't know, and I didn't care. I was a nervous wreck. I, I couldn't believe I left that on. So anyway, that, and when I was, and I'm sure everybody knows, the infamous Red Knight. so the red knight after his his big uh survivor series uh main event at the boston gardens goes on for six more months with the territory doing the loop as the red knight and i would do it with other knights or this particular night this particular night n-i-g-g-h-t was (laughs) with pat tanaka and i'll never forget i don't know what happened if i I don't know if I was sick or this. I mean, I've been sick in the ring and everything, and I'm, I just keep on going. I mean, you, right. you just got to, and you do the best you can. I mean, unless you're totally injured or something's wrong, but 
I don't know what happened, but Mabel, M-O-M, Men on a Mission, yes. slammed me. And all of a sudden, I smell something and feel something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a fanatic about that. It's disgusting. I'm freaking out. I don't want people to see that. But anyway, I got in the locker room. I got it off real quick. I brought it back to the hotel right. room. I washed it up and everything. But that's probably it. I've never did it any other time. I may have sneezed in the ring sometime. I remember one time my back was itching so bad I rubbed it against a turnbuckle. I don't know what happened there. That was weird. But uh, for the most part, uh, no, uh, that's it. That that's that that's all I can remember anyway. <laughs> so, yes. So, have you ever worked as a face and a heel in your career? And if you have, which do you prefer? Well, first of all, I started off as a baby face. And I transitioned from North Carolina to Florida, grew a beard, and turned myself into Jack, Jack the Stretcher Hart. And I was heel from now on. And I friggin' love being heel. I, I like working as a wrestling heel because my, my, my uh, heroes like Bob Orton Jr. and Don Morocco and people of that nature are wrestling heels. They're just not punch, kick, poke in the eyes. You know, we're vicious, we wrestle, we drop kick, we do everything. And I just love being that. So, yes, heel is my favorite. The promos are easy. Uh, I'm just a heel. <laughs> <laughs> and a very good one you were. Ah, thank you. But you, but you also, if I remember back in the late 80s, you would, you would work both. You would work heel and babyface depending on who you were wrestling. That, well, that see, back then, it was weird, too. Now, they do that on purpose. Everybody's a heel. Everybody's a babyface, if you know what I right. mean. Right, right. I mean, you don't, you don't change it up like uh, uh, Steve Austin was a heel. He's a babyface. He just worked the same way. Because if you change it, you're smartening up the people. Work right. the same way. They like it. They like you to which, be a heel. Which you're right. You never did change the way you wrestled. No. Just the reaction was different based on who you, who you were up against. Right, right, exactly. So, what you know, a, a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people notice this, but Owen Hart's a good heel. Yes, he was. Very good. Yeah, he was, he was a better heel than Brett, in my eyes, because of his promos, his mannerisms. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw right. that out there. It sounded like he had a chip on his shoulder every time, like because he knew he would not be as good as Brett. And you have your brother jealousy with that. You mean working or, or for real? <laughs> working, you know. If you oh, yeah. Control. Owen did that well. And here you are just being the well, title. Owen Hart, was, Hart, Owen Hart was a good person. Uh, a great, great, not good, but great wrestler. He had a great family. Uh, that horrific night should have never happened. It was, it was stupid. It shouldn't happen to anybody, but... You don't have Owen Hart, Bret Hart, again, Tom Zink, Brian Pillman, Barry Harwis, the Malenkos, Armstrongs, Kurt Angle, uh, Dan Severin, anybody that could wrestle, their work covers. They don't need to fly from the ceiling. No. Guys that can't work, you disguise it with that, except when Sean came down from it or, or a Sting, that's different. It complements the gimmick. 
Right. But when you can't work, when you put holes in the match, everybody sees through it. You got to cover it up with something. You're either getting color, you're getting color, you're you're flying from the ceiling, you're doing everything but really wrestling. What are you gonna do? You know, all you know how to do is punch and kick and and tell the people to be quiet, which is it's not my type of wrestler. So what does the future hold for you, Mr. Arts? Well, the future holds for me as far as my training six days a week, my meet and greets. My seminars, which I really love going to, uh, I go to different states. I, I just came home from Philadelphia a couple days ago, and you're teaching young kids. Here's the big thing. It's not all about getting the boots, climbing in the ring, and grabbing a headlock and doing a high spot. It's much more than that. It's honing your craft. It's getting polished. It's training and how to be a professional inside and outside the ring. Outside the ring, you don't need to be screaming in airports or diners at the rent-a-car counter. Do you know who I am? Being a mm -hmm. jack-off and stuff like that. It's just unprofessional. Throwing your trash out the window, leaving it in the rent-a-cars. These guys may think that's petty because they weren't taught right. It's bad. It's real bad. Bob Backlund taught me this, and I, I'm a firm believer in it. Um, it's true professionalism. Show up on time. Don't be doing drinking gimmicks. You don't need to be at the bar at four in the morning. You got to get up for a flight. You're, you know, I mean, it's, it's not my cup of tea. If you guys want to do that, that's fine. I got to get my eight hours sleep. I need to get meals in me. I need to get supplements in me. I need to get recovery in me. I need to be sleeping. It's all recovery. And it's all about how you want to uh, project yourself as a professional athlete. You have any other questions, Jason? Uh, just, just one I wanted to ask. Back in 95, when you had your, your big run in WWF, mm -hmm. uh, how did that all come about with you and Candido? You know, I walked into TV. I, I don't remember if it was State College PA or Wilkesboro. I'll never forget this. I walked in. I was <laughs> traveling with Dutch Mantel. And at the time, I've always got along with Kevin Nash. I've worked with him. I know Kevin since the Carolinas when he was Master Blaster. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I wasn't there, Benny Vegas. I wasn't there on, on all that, but Bras. I was there from the beginning. And he was the world champion, and he's in on a lot of things. He's, he's probably talking to Vince. He's in production right. meetings. He's this, that. He came up to me and told me, you're going to go over tonight. They're going to do something with you. Don't say nothing to nobody. And I didn't. And I thought it was a rib. And I was always taught, ah, you're full of shit. Nothing. Just go with the rib. I don't care. Just go with the rib. And are you moving on me? Are you going to the bathroom? <laughs> he probably are you, are you switching locker rooms? He probably is. <laughs> but anyway, that's who told me. And sure enough, after catering was over, it was a big room. There was some circular tables. Pat Patterson asked me to sit down, and he needed to talk to me about something. Then I knew the shit was on. And he tells me, we're in an experiment. We're going to see how this goes. Well, it went for about a year because I was captain of my team at Survivor Series. I was in in-your-house matches. I was at WrestleMania. I, I, I went against, um, in Anaheim, we uh, celebrity softball team. 
I mean, I was doing every, I was at the Slammies. I was up for an award. I was doing everything that I wanted to, but I wouldn't let it get to me day by day. Keep the same thing, excuse me, that you've been doing, Barry, the same thing. Shut up, listen, and maybe do some input. I mean, if you're working for a while, you're allowed to say something. For instance, case in point, when I went over Skip Candido, uh, uh, when I went over Skip, Chris Candido, that night, the agent in charge of my match was Mike Rotundo. I know Mike for a long time. I traveled with him in Mid-Atlantic when he was a in the middle baby face. And um, he says, Barry, uh, we want you to beat Skip, do an Oklahoma roll. And I said, okay, now I, I could have just shut my mouth and, and said nothing. But remember now I've been in the business a while. I could say something properly. I said, Hey Mike. And I took him to the side in private. Do you mind if I, I mean, whatever you want, I'll do. But you know, the one, two, three kid does that for a high spot. Uh, I've seen many wrestlers, Jerry Briscoe, I, Danny Hodge, all these people do that. I said, but nobody does the three-quarter grapevine. In amateur terms, it's called ball and chain. But nobody does it. And he says, that's fine with me. You could do it. And I'm glad he okayed it. And I guess it was all right. I guess they just wanted me over. And if you look at it, nobody does that. And it's a, let me tell you something, in a shoot, if you clamp on a three-quarter grapevine or, uh, or a lying guillotine or somebody's other detrimental holes, the Kimura, the bottom wrist lock, the top wrist lock, you're friggin' fucked. You're going to get hurt. It's over. It's submission time. Believe me. So I clamped it on and I won and I was happy. And that's what happened. And then it went on for about a year. Why they didn't keep me or an underneath baby face or turn me, I don't know. I didn't do anything wrong. If I did, I should have been no. told. I, I don't know because you know how many guys they've kept there forever? Um, I'm right. not going to make names, but some of these so-called heel wrestlers, first and second match, baby face or heel, 30 years, 25 years, and they can't even lace my boots. I'm being honest. I'm not being jealous or... I'm calling it like it is. If you're better than me, fine. I will own it. I don't have a problem with that because if you don't own things in life, especially wrestling, you'll never get better. You'll just be stuck on yourself and an idiot. I was glad, I was glad you brought up the finish to that match with uh, Skip because a lot of your hardcore wrestling fans, yeah, they're going to remember that when that happened. But what sticks out in my mind is mm -hmm. that pin that you did, that cradle. I had yeah. never seen anything like that up to that point. And nope. that, 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 that's always stuck out to me. I, and I thought it was, I thought it was great how, how you pulled it off. I've actually won a few matches in my amateur ranks in high school with that move. And uh, in fact, that's what happened one time. I did it quick. Cause you know, in, in amateur wrestling, it's just one, as soon as that shoulder hits, boom, one, it's over. Right. It's not right. one, two, three. And I jumped up. I don't know what made me pat myself on the back. I was just going like this, goofing around. I got disqualified, lost points, got screamed at by the coach. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Vic. Vic and uh, Jason, I'll tell you what I did. I put that in the back pocket. I put it in the computer back here. I said, I ever make it in the pro ranks, and I turn heel, that's my gimmick, and it's mine and mine only. So where can our listeners connect with you online? Okay. Basically, um, 
right now. I'm huge. Not putting myself over. I'm doing really friggin' well on Cameo.com. ProWrestlingTees.com. I got five shirts. Uh, Facebook is crazy. Uh, YouTube, crazy. Um, also, you could get in touch with um, my cousin handles my Facebook. The only reason I don't do it personally, I'm extremely busy. I did it. It got to the point boring and overwhelming. And I was messing up. So he helps me. He's an IT guy. And, you know, legit promoters that are sincere, they can get in touch with me for meet and greets. And my forte, of course, is the two to three hour seminar verbally and physically. And uh, it's 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 that's what I've been doing. Training six days a week. Uh, I've been doing um, just keeping myself busy with contacting promoters. I'm always doing something. I'm always evolving. Uh, my last thing in this wrestling business, I don't care how long it is, a year or two, is with a great company and being a coach. I don't want to be the head coach. I just, again, I just want to be part of the mix that I could contribute. That's all I want to be. Well, I know Austin Idol as... needs some help. I'm sorry? I know Austin Idol needs some help up in South Carolina. Oh, wow. I, I did see him on a YouTube thing for NWA, and I got, I'm surprised. He, I mean, he was covered up, but dude, back in the day when he was, um, oh my God, he was, before he was Austin Idol, the plane crash and it reinvented himself. He was, um, okay. He had two names. It was, um, well, he did super Texan with a hood on and then he was Mike, Mike. Mike oh God, Mike. Ah, I can't believe I can't remember. I remember. I just, he, he went under Mike something, and so, but he was bulkier and thicker. Mm-hmm. When he got his kneecaps crushed in that plane crash with Bobby, uh, Bobby Sharp passed away. I think Gary Hart was on there yeah. um, in Tampa Bay. Um, he reinvented himself and looked tremendous. Promos are flawless. His work was substandard, but that's okay. I mean, but I saw him on that NWA and I'm going... How old are you? I mean, he's still, no, he was covered up with his face and his hair. Yeah. I don't know how old he is, but he's, I mean, I saw him in a gym in, in Tampa, Florida over 20 years ago. And I guess his family or something, Pensacola or something. And I don't know how old he was then. And I remember meeting him at Sunbelt Wrestling for Florida Wrestling. It was an outlaw group. And I met him then. That's the first time I met him. How old would you say Austin Idol is? Um, he's he's got to be at least in the sixties. Oh no, no no, I'm saying seventies. Wow, yeah, yeah, right. Considering sure the you, era that he came from, yeah, I'm sure if you look him up or Wikipedia, I'm telling you, I'm going to say middle seventies. Yeah. So I saw him on there. I don't know why he was so covered up and he was doing a heel promo. That was pretty cool. And I don't know what he's doing there. Is he working in the ring? No, no. He's a manager. The manager. Good. Working, working behind the scenes. And he's, he's he's their primary trainer. He's their, wait wait, wait, wait a minute. He he has a wrestling school up in Greenville, South Carolina. I've been there many times, wrestled there many times. Yeah. And if they, of course, they they promote that in their show. When uh, they go to commercial, when they go to commercial breaks, 
he talks about his school. So sure. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Um. All right. World turns. Yeah. It's. What's that? It's the end of world turns. It's like one of those things that you just like. Yeah, you just can't explain. You're just like, all right, whatever. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm just a. I guess it's just the way I was taught in the business. Nothing against Austin or these guys of that nature. I don't want a gimmick wrestler trying to show me the wrestling business. He could show me the outskirts, but as far as the technical aspect and wrestling, that's what it says on the marquee outside Madison Square Garden. It doesn't say tables, ladders, and chairs. It says pro wrestling tonight. I want to be taught by Malenko. He did it all. He was a heel. He was a wrestler. I mean, he was above his time. You know, when they put over this bottom wrist lock, Kimuras and top wrist locks, they're putting it over now as something uh, like the greatest thing since sliced bread. He showed me that 30 years ago. Come on. So that's what, that's what Barry Horowitz is doing. I'm also, I do uh, my nutrition work to certain people. I, 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 I talk about nutrition because my, my forte is sports nutrition. So it's a little bit different than your average person. So I do talk about that and I do live that lifestyle, walk, talk and do all that and, and schooling for that and, and progressed myself with other seminars of sports training over the past 12 years. Uh, so I'm, I'm incorporating a little bit of everything, but at the end of the day, Barry wants to be with, I, I really don't care. Um, uh, I guess impact wrestling doesn't add a return of phone call, even though I used to work for Scott Demore in Windsor, Canada, love me. We always had good rapport, but I guess he's so busy. He can't return a phone call. And what I don't understand is I could get WWE executives that, by the way, did a documentary for me in December. It was supposed to be released this month, but now the Peacock thing has put it back. And they flew to Tampa Bay for the whole day. We did it for about five, six hours. It was really incredible. I'm working on another one. I've also got pint-sized Barry Horowitzes of me. And those are on my merch table. Uh, more, I signed a uh, lucrative contract with Zombie... Um, I'm sorry, zombie. Uh, oh, wow. I can't believe I forgot that it's the zombie toy company and they're doing a, um, they're doing a copy of the Hasbro figure. It will come out next year. I'm on the list. The rock and roll express is there. Uh, also, uh, um, Dino Bravo. They're scary lookalikes. I mean, scary. The molds are so friggin' expensive. It's unbelievable. How, uh, how tall so, are they? Uh, uh, what's that? How tall are they? They are, um, I'm going to say, what would you say that is? Eight inches, seven inches? You know, your average one that you would get at Walmart or Walgreens. Yeah. Um, right. And uh, I've got a lot of other things in the works. I want to stand up for a minute and show you this real quick. Just bear with me. I should have had it ready. Sorry, I'm walking funny, but I had a hell of a leg workout today. Oh, leg day. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I started off with deadlifts and then legs and then uh, conditioning for a half hour. Wow. Now, yeah, that's what I say. Check this out, guys. 
Look at that. Is that cool or what? I love it. And then the back says where I trained information. Uh, it's basically the pint size all-stars. They're made in California. <laughs> and uh, is that good enough? Is that, am I doing that all right? Yeah, oh, yeah. We can say that real good. Okay, cool. So this is my new thing. And it's cool because it's small. It's tiny. It's different. It's something different for me. And then the action figures, I think, actually, that one will be made. And they take a long time. This took a year My uh, uh, from uh, Zombie. From Zombie, um, I can't believe I can't remember that. Because they're a big toy company out of New York. And I hate when I forget things. Uh, zombie Pirate. Uh, anyway, if you Google Zombie, it'll probably come up. But they're really good. And then I got something else in the works. I have to kayfabe right now. And then another documentary is going to be done in L.A. But um, I'm waiting on this one. They would have released it this month. But this Peacock thing is messed up. And it was really, it was fun. I mean, it's probably an hour or two. It'll be on the network. And they return a phone call quicker than Scott Demore. But maybe he, you know, maybe Scott's a brain surgeon or he's, he's part president. He's, he's that in, he's that busy. You know, I'll, I'll never understand when God, when see, my motto is you can't return a phone call. You can't pay me. That's How right. long does it take? 10 seconds, leave a voicemail, something. I've dealt with unprofessionals that operate better. I've dealt with professionals that act like me. So it can be done. You just got some jack offs that just don't know. Again, they don't know which way is up. So anyway, that's, that's my whole uh, story and everything that I've been doing. Of course, I do a lot of podcasts, a lot, and a lot of interviews, either Skype, Zoom, or sometimes I do um, just audio uh, over either the internet or the phone, and then it's taped and it's, it's dropped the next month, uh, next week. Well, this episode will be out in a couple of days, and if you don't- Oh, good. Uh, would cool. You, would you please share the episode when it comes out and just tell people we don't suck? Oh, of course. You guys are awesome. You asked great questions and uh, I enjoyed it. I love the, the background again and everything was, uh, I mean, this, this hour flew by. Holy crap. Yeah, we have to do this again sometime real soon. What's that? We have to do this again sometime real soon. Oh, definitely. That, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I, I mean, there's much more to come from Barry. I mean, wrestling stories and, and just, just traveling and, I mean, I, I've had a hell of a career as far as going around the world since I'm 21 years old. Wow. So, you know, uh, it's not over yet. And uh, you know what's funny is that when I used to go to some shows, when I worked for Vince or did an indie show, and this is what the guy would say, because they're not full-time promoters. They're weekend warrior promoters. Nothing against them. But they right. go, oh, God, Barry, I didn't know you could, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could do this. I didn't, it's almost like I had to prove myself every time. It didn't bother me. It just sounded stupid. And then even to this day, when I show up and do a meet and greet and I'm professional with my fans, which my fans, I mean it. If they're out there, they are awesome. They, they send me fan mail to my house. And I personally, for the last 10 years or more, handwrite them a, 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 a greeting back, sign their pictures, Every single time I, I probably threw maybe three away in the last 10 or 15 years. The only reason is there was no return address. Something was messed up. It was, 
or it didn't get to Germany or it didn't get to Japan. I don't know, but uh, that's, that's what I've been doing. And if there's any promoters out there, NWA, anybody wants to hire Barry, I didn't know that I need a tryout. I thought my resume speaks for itself, but it all depends. Who knows? WWE gets sold to Disney or Peacock. Maybe there'll be somebody there that's Jewish and friggin' loves me and says, Hey, we need to hire this guy. Well, we love you. Don't worry about that. That's too, we don't work for Peacock or anything, but I just, I just can't get over certain people, Steve Carino and people of that nature got a job and I don't, (laughs) I'll never figure that one out. Well, I will, but it's, it's, it's hard to digest and process. Understand. Maybe he's great behind the scenes. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe he does something else behind the scenes, but we would never know. We can always speculate. You know, there's a lot of great wrestlers out there, or they think they're great. But guess what? Barry Horowitz friggin' wrestles great. Mr. Tentacle. That's it. Well, That's we, it. We appreciate your time, Barry. Thank you very much. We, I appreciate it very much. And thank you to you, my fans. And uh, yeah, we could do this again. And I appreciate everything. You guys are a class act and very professional. Great questions. Again, I, I love the background. Love your Patriots hat. I love my I love my Tampa Bay hat because I'm from Tampa Bay. That's right. Yeah. If you don't believe me, ask the Lightning. Hey, <laughs> I'm from Southern Vermont, so that's Patriot territory. Yeah, I've wrestled in Burlington. Beautiful, beautiful there. Uh, Cold, it? but beautiful. Oh, Vermont's gorgeous. I love Vermont. And always remember, guys, at the end of this interview and at the end of the day, and when you're going to bed, always think about this. I'm Mr. Technical, and you're not. No, sir, we're not worthy. Thank you very much for your time, Barry. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you. much, guys. I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Have a good night. You too. You too. Thank you.